0: Hello, welcome in everyone. Hey, uh, it's been a while. Good morning, Tim. How are you? It's been a while since I hopped on the mic and, uh, excited to be here with you guys. I got, uh, just two quick topics I wanted to cover this morning. Uh, just kind of perusing the Facebooks, if you will. And, uh, just, just kind of getting frustrated with all. So I wanted to, wanted to hop on here, clear some air, uh, handle some situations, if you will. Um, lately there's been a big controversy, a big stirring going on, in which um, people are upset, genuinely upset, that the libertarian presidential nominee, uh, Joe Jorgensen, said, said, "Hey, look, it's it's not good enough just to be passively non-racist. No, no, no. you should be actively." anti-racist. And, and if you can imagine, if you can imagine how many people found that just incredibly controversial, you mean to tell me that I'm, I'm obligated? To help protect others, what? I should be standing up for the rights and freedoms of everyone, regardless of their skin color. There was a huge controversy, of course, with that. So we'll dive into that. And the other one, of course, is that uh, the Republican heads have decided um, for a long time, right? The the Democrats, the left, has been super in favor of DACA. The conservative, the right, um, has been against DACA, and so. This last week, President Trump comes out and he's like, hey, look, guys, I'm going to write a law. And they were like, a law? And they will executive order that's going to make a law. I'm like, of course, doesn't understand it, but he's going to create an executive order that's going to embolden DACA. So after losing in the Supreme Court, he's going to embolden DACA and bring a path forward for citizenship so we're going to discuss both of those things but of course thank you guys all for hopping in this morning thank you matt wright for helping me lose the game and for all of you who just lost the game as well um thank you all for for being here so my name is jason lyon i i mr America, the bearded truth and a big shout out and thank you to spike and matt for running and holding muddy waters media to give me a platform to Occasionally, at best, hop on here and, and uh, hit, sit on the microphone and talk with you guys about what's been going on and everything. Um, you know, th- I'm your neighborhood friendly libertarian talking to you about politics and social issues around the world, and of course, down here, all the way to the state level, and, and of course, to the individual level. Um, so want to thank you guys all for hopping in this morning. Um, the Libertarian National Convention just was happening in person and remotely this last weekend. So I know Matt Wright was there. I know, uh, of course, Spike Cohen was there as well. Um, but that was, of course, a fantastic weekend for everyone involved. Um, we do have a new national chair, the former or the offgoing national chair, of course, that gave the bird <laughs> and told people to go eat dicks. So. Thankfully we're done with the sarwalk uh and we can move on to bigger and better things. Welcome in Brady. Um this is uh it's exciting. We've got, uh, Jacob, uh, Henchman. He's now going to be the oncoming chair. Excited to see what he's doing. Uh, the Alex Marquette. I'm, I'm really deeply saddened by him, uh, stepping down. Truly one of the greatest, uh, people to be there at the, the national committee. Um, just a real genuine good guy able to talk with anyone and able to, to sift through those waters of, of, just libertarians. Um, if you guys know Matt Wright, uh, he did make a post about his wife, or not his wife, his girlfriend. I'm sorry. Did I just make some breaking news for you, Matt? But uh, his his girlfriend um, was talking about the libertarian convention and just how ridiculous we are. And it's absolutely right. I felt victimized and I wasn't even there. Uh, you mean Trump is trying to pull more items from the libertarian platform? And and yes, we will get into that for sure. Um, So the Libertarian uh, Convention, if you guys have not gone back and seen the the beautiful speech by by Spike Cohen, uh, just – just resonates with anyone that that was listening to his fantastic time. Uh, make sure you guys go do go hop back into there, check it out. Uh, see exactly what he was saying. He, he really is a uniter of all fronts. Uh, that bottom unity thing is not a joke with him. He's able to bring people from all sides and, and bring it together. Welcome in, Melissa. And uh, it was a beautiful speech. Joe Jorkson comes out there and she of course creates the controversy um, that we're going to dive into first. So it's not enough it's not enough just to be not racist, to be passively not racist. You have to be anti-racist, actively anti-racist. This has caused a lot of controversy, and in a lot of ways, this this of course, um, when we talk about the demographics of the the Libertarian Party, a lot of people, of course, are of white descent. They're come from the European nations, if you will. If you go back there to their descendants far enough, um, and so with that, of course, there's a bunch of feathers being. Been ruffled. The Jimmies have been rustled, and so we've got a lot of Republican-esque people that are now like, "Oh, Joe Jorgensen's not a serious thing." She uh, she's out here. She's pushing a Marxist organization. She's out here supporting Black Lives Matters. The organization from a tweet that happened last week um, in response to, of course, her her speech. And it's it's completely ridiculous, as as we know from just looking at the the large voter base that is politics, how quickly people want to fulfill their bias and they just confirm those. And so she did make a tweet or her campaign made a tweet from her account and said, you know, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Black Lives Matter is this is this this is the the crux. This is the the issue that a lot of people have is that they can't say Black Lives Matter. It's. Detach it from the organization. Everyone understands that that's a a Marxist organization. But look at the, the protests that are happening around this country. Those are not happening because of the organization. These are happening because of the Breonna Taylor's. These are happening because of the George Floyd's. These are happening because of the Aubrey's. This is happening because of, you know, we can go down the list of all these different people that have been, um, been mishandled, uh, that have been, people of authority have come along and, and destroyed lives and acted with impunity. Um, and, and so when you have situations like that, people are naturally are going to want to come out and, and fight against this. And so the black lives matter hashtag, um, got affiliated with this because a lot of these people are people of color. They're black. And so you have this big movement. It is, it is incredibly important. Um, it is incredibly important to be able to say, yeah, black lives matter. You don't have to go out and say all lives matter. Sure. All lives matter. Black Lives Matter. It's it's they're very easy because it just makes sense. So saying that it's important to be actively not racist. What does that mean? That doesn't mean you need to go out and find racism and, and attack it and beat it with clubs and and you know just just upend all of society. No, this means that when you have say Juneteenth, right, June nineteenth, the day that we celebrate um, the end of of slavery, if you will, that you don't go. You see somebody, and and I ran into this situation personally, where somebody comes out and says, "Why do we have to celebrate their history if they're now trying to destroy our history?" Right? Completely playing this collective ideology where people's skin color is what's important. When you see things like that, it's important that we, as a community, as a society, we step up and we say. Dude, you got a disgusting view. Here's why. And we, we fight against it. We, we don't just go, nah, it's your problem. You, you have disgusting views. It's okay there's there's a difference between those two and when it's when it becomes so prevalent in our society where it, it becomes accepted when we see the republicrats coming out there and talking and being racist against against people right if we look at, at who the right favors if they they value people on the right that are are people of color and they're not saying anything different than any other anyone else right but they're valuing them because of their their skin color right that's if you're going to value them because of the content of what they say that's great i'm i'm thank you Thank you. Let's look at people equally. But if you're going to do it because of their skin color, right? The, uh, on the left, clearly we can we can see plenty of of situations that go on over there. You know, looking at people and, and kind of calling people Uncle Tom for being off of the uh, not being a Democratic voter, right? If if your skin color is supposed to determine anything about you, or if it adds value or detracts value because of who you are, a or because of what your skin color is uh, there's some racist bias there right and so it's it's important for us to be able to work towards finding a way of having a society where people have equal rights and and along with those equal rights is they have equal value and that it doesn't matter what the skin color is it matters that we're all being treated equally under the law and when we find situations that um that are egregious that are acting on becoming especially of those of our lawmakers, that we we step up and we fight against those. So this is why civil asset forfeiture is such a big issue. This is why qualified immunity needs to come to an end. This is why we have to come out there and we have to work to find ways of fixing our two-tiered criminal justice system, wherein that you have those politically connected, those often are getting, getting – um, Commuted, getting pardon and everything else, such as Roger Stone this last week, or you have other people who have victimless crimes who are in jail for 10, 20, 30 years for merely own or possessing marijuana. When you have systems like this, we have to go in and actively get engaged to make a make a difference. And so if if you're so upset, if you're so upset that people are telling you to be anti racist, I'm just saying you're anti anti racist. That's okay double negatives, just cancel it out. I'll let you guys figure out what that means. But so we got to step up. We got to do the best that we can. And so Joe Jorgensen said something that to me makes sense. We should all be anti-racist. Every single one of us. It's important that we all look at ourselves and we make sure that we're not racist. And I think that all of us can come to that conclusion. All of us will always come to the conclusion. I'm not racist. It's always, it's always justified for my views and what I think. But it's important that whenever we see something that is racist that we step out and we we fight against it. If somebody's coming out and calling us racist, let's have those conversations. Let's figure out if it, is, if it truly is reflective of it. Now, I'm not saying... Here's the other issue, is that a lot of people look at this stuff. They take this stuff in and they go, well, everything I say, if somebody says it's racist. And discern it. Is there racial bias in there? Are you looking at somebody differently based on their skin color? If so might be a little bit of racism in there if not right if you're just saying look i'm not going to vote for a democrat and i happen to be a person of color it's not really racist voting your conscience is what everyone should be doing no one owns your vote but you do it the way you want to do you want to go and vote for the democrat party you can vote for that that kind of slavery you want to vote for the republican party you can vote for that kind of slavery you want to vote to be free in your lifetime here we go we got a ticket for you joe jorgensen spike cohen there's a ticket out there for you. It's got your name on it. Right there. Your individual name. Right there. Right at the bottom. It's in super small print. Don't try and find it. But it's, it's on there. Your individual rights. Your individual freedoms. Every day, all day. Right there. Joe Jorgensen, Spike Cohen. Um, but, but beyond that. So this whole entire controversy, I'm, I'm absolutely loving the amount of tears that are going on from, from people that came from the right generally. This is who, are, who really gets opposed to this all. People on the right are, are getting, they're so racially sensitive, racist sensitive. So there's the left that are hypersensitive to races. And, you know, you have to be like responsive and you got this hierarchy of, of, of victimhood statuses based on like what kind of ethnicity you come from. And then on the right, you have like anything that's racist, right? They're, they're just hypersensitivity. So both of those are are clearly in the wrong. Let's not talk about the French groups, but let's talk about like the actual values that we can unite with people on and we can fight for those. So let's work towards being the best active non-racist or anti-racist that we can be. And let's not make it a controversy. Let's, let's fight against that. Can we, can we also be anti-stupidity here? I think that we can, I, that's one of my values. I love being anti-stupid. I waste way too many hours of my day. I'll be honest with you. You guys need to pick up some slack. Cause I'm, 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 putting in overtime over here, but we can work on that. The other one um, that I really wanted to dive into today, this is going to be an incredibly short video. I'm sorry about that. But um, the other one I wanted to dive into today was DACA. And so I've actually got a video pulled up for you guys um, that I'm really excited about because President Trump tells Telemundo's J.B. Ballard that he will sign an executive order on immigration that will include DACA in the coming weeks. Now, if you guys... I hope that this doesn't fall on deaf ears for you guys as well, but this just, oh, it's so beautiful in the way that President Trump, sorry about that, uh, in the way that President Trump talks about things that you clearly know that somebody fed him the lines and he's ruining it. But here we go with President Trump.
1: And I'm going to be over the next few weeks signing an immigration bill that a lot of people don't know about it. You have breaking news, but I'm signing a big immigration bill.
0: Signing a big immigration bill that nobody knows about. Nobody knows about it because the House hasn't passed it. Nobody knows about it because the Senate hasn't passed it. Nobody knows about it because nobody's passed it. So the, the normal way that you pass a bill, no, no, no nobody's, nobody's passed it. Nobody's touched it. Nobody knows about it. Bill, is this I'm an gonna, executive
1: order? I'm going to do a big executive order. I have the power to do it as
0: president. So now he's doing an executive order. So he gets clarified. Gets, you know, the clarification is there. Thank you um, for making sure that we, we know it's an executive order now.
1: And I'm going to make Doc a part of it, but we put it in, and we're probably going to then be taking it out. We're
0: <laughs> we're going to put it in and we're going to take it out. I'm just saying this is not a Saturday Night Live, right? This is not this is not how you handle you know the women who you have, later have to pay sexual silencing fees towards. This isn't people that you pay to to keep quiet. You don't just put it in and take it out. Looking
1: out the legal complexities right now, but I'm going to be signing a very major immigration bill as an executive order, which Supreme Court now, because of the DACA decision, has given me the power to do that. One of the aspects of the bill is going to be DACA. We're going to have a road to citizenship. Okay, so that's as an executive order, not as a congressional if bill? If you look at the Supreme Court ruling, they gave the president tremendous powers when they said that you could take in, in this case, 700,000 or so people. Right. So, they gave powers. Based on the powers that they gave, I'm going to be doing an immigration bill. One of the aspects of the bill that you'll be very happy with, and that a lot of people will be, including me, and a lot of Republicans, by the way, will be DACA. We'll give them a road to citizenship.
0: So, what the actual fuck? <laughs> what the actual fuck? It's amazing. It's truly amazing that this is, this is the current president of the United States of America. You know, um, I want to, I want to rewind a little bit. So Spike Cohen was talking, uh, in the past uh, on a couple of his interviews. If you guys haven't watched them all, uh, shame on you. First off, second of all, um, in one of the interviews, he was talking about why it is that during the time of COVID, it's such a great equalizer for the Libertarian party as well as the Republicans and Democrats because when you don't have these large amounts of fans behind you when you don't have the crowds behind you cheering at at every syllable that you make um you really get to hear what these politicians are saying and and it's clear which messaging is more important which one is is going to be uh spot on and so when you hear that I'm going to write a bill you're going to write an executive order yeah I'm going to write an executive order that's going to be a bill without congress yes Okay, we're gonna we're gonna put DACA in, we're gonna pull DACA out, we're gonna put DACA in, and we're gonna shake it all about. Oh whatever you say, Mr. President. Um but beyond this, so he was referencing the DACA uh, Supreme Court decision that basically said, hey, President Trump, you can't just remove uh, other executive orders just willy-nilly, right? You have to have a reason. There has to be a justification, national security funding, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there has to be a justification for removing this legislation. And um so they were like – so from that right now, now President Trump is is feeling emboldened. The presidential, the executive office, the man himself in the White House, hopefully soon will be the lady in the White House, but um, is now feeling emboldened to where he can expand upon DACA. And of course, of course, right? This has been a big flip, right? You don't just work to repeal something and then go, mm, I can't repeal it. So now I'm going to make it better. I'm going to expand it. This is the problem with populism. This has always been the problem with populism is that you don't go off of any um, any principles. You don't go off of any values. You just go off of this might be in this week. Let me go ahead and do this. Right. You run on the campaign trail and you say, I'm going to be the most Second Amendment supporting president of your lifetime. And then you come in. You're like bump stocks, bump stocks. I hate them. Suppressors. We're going to find ways of banning the suppressors. DACA we got to get rid of it it was created by executive order it's disgusting it doesn't it doesn't help our immigration status these are people that are circumvented our our immigration policy which is the process which is absolutely destructive right our immigration policy needs to be reformed it needs to be fixed it needs to be streamlined there are people that have been waiting 20 30 years to be accepted into our immigration process to be accepted to be looked at to go through our immigration policy or process um but you know this was the stance was let's get rid of daca let's let's reduce the numbers let's fight to to you know um in and, and many of the white um white nationalists the ethno nationalists um they were looking at this and going. Yeah, you know, we need to make America white. We need to slow down immigration, and everything else. And everyone is all on board with the idea of like reducing this on from the right side of the aisle. Um, and now President Trump comes out and goes, yeah, DACA, DACA is a great thing. DACA, let's have some DACA. Let's put it in there. Let's get a path to citizenship. Let's, let's move, let's move on. I'm, I'm in favor of the path to citizenship personally, right? I think that if you're here in this country, I don't really care how you did it. And as long as you're a nonviolent person, as long as you're somebody here that's trying to contribute to your own life and thus through the ways, through the means of, of trade, barter and, and services, you're bettering society around you. I don't really care. I'm, I'm not a fan of having the, the government, you know, be, be all up in your business all day long. Um, but. But now he's trying to, you know, he's even trying to give cover for the Republicans. Even many Republicans like DACA. Even many Republicans want a path to citizenship. Yeah, well, Lindsey Graham and a couple others. Um, and this isn't going to bode well for most of the Republican base. But who this does bode well with is those Democrats, those across the aisle. When they see this, they're like, well, if he actually follows through on this, you know, maybe maybe there's there's going to be a couple of votes uh, being taken from Joe Biden. Remember, when it comes to the, the, the presidential races and certainly being 2020 with less than four months away from from the day when everyone's votes have to be casted. Right now, it's all about politicking. Right now, it's all about trying to make the feel goods. This is why we're having more discussions around pulling the troops out. Right, President Trump's talking about once again about pulling the troops out of Afghanistan. Right, he's talking about fixing the immigration system in some way. Of course, he's not actually talking about any substantive substantive change. He's talking about just merely putting in DACA. He's merely talking or emboldening DACA and putting in a path to citizenship. He's not actually talking about any substantive change. He is just merely going back to the campaign roots of finding out what is popular, and using his populist rhetoric in order to get and garner more votes. So when it comes to these politics, when it comes to these elections, oftentimes it's, the, it's the Republican and the, and the Democratic candidates. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this year is a year that we're going to break free. We're going to double up from last, last year where we had, or last election where we had three and a half percent. Hopefully now we're going to be getting six and a half, seven percent of the vote. Um, And moving our way up, if not, you know, get us to that popular vote get us to the popular vote. Get us to get us in to the White House and let us actually see some substantive change. But it's between those two generally for most voters, right? It's between Biden and Trump. And so he's got to find ways of pulling from Trump or pulling from Biden because nobody wants to vote for Biden. They're voting for Biden because they don't like Trump. And why are most Trump supporters voting for Trump? Because they don't like Biden. Both of these candidates are horrible. Both of these candidates are terrible. And yet we have so many people that have been so just bought into the system that they think that if I just vote harder for one of the same parties, if I just, if I get disenfranchised from the Democrat party, if I vote for the Republican party, they're going to fix my life. They're going to fix all these issues. And I hate to break it to so many of you, but this is not happening. The Republican party and the democratic party have been in power for, for well over a century. They're not here to fix our issues. They're here to grow the government. They're here to infringe upon your lives in different ways. They're here to spend your money against your wishes and against your best interests. We are a nation built on Stockholm Syndrome. Absolutely. This is this is how our nation has been running. We need a change. We need real change from real people. And I got to tell you, it's Joe Jorgensen and, and Spike Cohen. You listen to Spike and you just get energized. You are the power. You are the power. How many of, the, how many of those candidates are saying that you are the power? How many of those candidates are actually emboldening these people? Instead, what they're doing is they're, they're just saying things that rile up their bases. Those bases are just excited because you're punching left or you're punching right. We need someone who's actually going to be for the people, for their rights, for their freedoms. So, so I'm, I'm incredibly um, discouraged because... When this DACA situation came out, I said, oh, sweet. Somebody is going to talk about this. Somebody out there in the big right wing or left wing side is going to look at this and go, damn it. Damn it. I was against Trump for, for all these times because he was going to pull away from DACA. And now that he's talking about pulling in DACA, I was wrong. Now I got to look at him in a different way or uh, vice versa. Right. I was supportive of Trump for so long because he was going to get rid of DACA. He was going to remove DACA. He was going to give them a path to citizenship. And now he's going to give it to them. I need uh, my entire perception of him has changed. And neither one of these things are happening. Everyone goes, uh, you know, you'll see people like going through and clearing out their timelines. Already, I'm sure it's happening. Already, I'm sure that people are going out there and, and deleting their tweets of going, President Trump, we got to get rid of DACA. We got to, you know, no path to citizenship. Now they're going to come out there and go, I've always been in favor of DACA. I've always been in favor of of, of path to citizenship. I was not always. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was not always a, a fan of of path to citizenship. I have transitioned. I have moved mountains when it comes to, to the ideological side of things. I have moved in so many different ways. And so it, this is this you know, I was not always a fan of of, of all of these things. But if you look, if you look at those people on the conservative side, they will say, I've always been in favor of this. If you look at the Democratic side, they're going to be silent on this because rather because they're stuck in a between a rock and a hard place. Do I agree with Trump on something? And that's going to be a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. It's going to be a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow. Or do I say that Trump, you know, d- do I just come out there and, and speak ill? If I can't, if I can't agree with Trump, do I speak ill of DACA? Do I speak ill of this? And and you're going to find people that are going to find ways to thread that needle and go, yeah, you know, he's just doing this for the votes there, you know, just give the, the usual stick that we would see from people who, who oppose somebody. And, and maybe there is, you know, I've already laid it out there. There, there may be some truth to that, that he's doing this just for the campaign. But if he implements it, You gotta at least give credit for it, right? You gotta give credit if there's actually something good that comes from, from anybody, right? If government manages to unfuck itself in, in the slightest of ways, in the, in the, in the scintilla of a way, you gotta, you gotta give it a round of applause because it is not common. It is not common by any means. We don't see the government ever coming out and going, we screwed up. Here we go. Let me fix this. I, I can think of like one or two things. Actually, I can think of two things off the top of my head that that government goes. We implemented this and it was a terrible idea. Now we've gotten rid of it. One of them is prohibition. I'm waiting for prohibition on the, the, the war on drugs to be the next big idea. And the other one was certificate of need. So healthcare and and criminal justice. Those are two important things for any society. We need to have a safe society. We need to have a healthcare system that's going to work for the people. Certificate of need, removing at the federal level. Fantastic idea. Sadly, we solve it in 35 States, but I'll get off of that. But, this is, this is a huge issue that we're seeing, right? Is that we kind of, as libertarians, we look out and we see that people don't want to be objective. They want to just confirm their bias. If it doesn't confirm their bias, they're either A, going to attack it or B, ignore it. And a lot of people are going to be ignoring this. So if you guys are a fan of, of, of these ideas, you got to go out there and you got to share them. You got to go, go, Beat up uh, Spike and Matt and be like, I need to replace Jason on Muddy Waters Media uh, because I'm going to talk about this a hell of a lot better than he will. He's just some white guy from from South Carolina. He doesn't know a damn thing. I can do this so much better than him and I can get the conversation started. I can get people to see this and I can get people to wake up to the, at the fact that both parties, both the Republican and the Democrat Party are just the same party, just working in divergent ways. But the end goal is the same, to have more control over your life and to give you little crumbs in order to keep you coming back. And so we need to take these opportunities to really push on an, an important message. And this is the important message, is that they don't actually give a damn about you. They only want your vote. They only want you to keep, doing, to keep giving you money. And I'm not going to hate, hate on strippers. I'm not going to hate on them at all. But strippers are going to do a lot of the same things that politicians do. Oh, you like it when I smack my ass? I'm going to smack my ass for you. Oh, you gave me a couple bucks. I'm going to smack my ass again, right? You keep, they keep doing this, right? It's just like, um, some of, some of the podcasters out there, you know, some of them that got like a really small beard. If you hit like, if you hit share, if you do all those things, it's like, oh, you, you like that stuff. I'm going to keep doing it for you. And this is what the Republican and Democratic party has become. And populism is the biggest, the biggest violator of this, that they are going to just merely do the things that you want them to do. But it's never going to have the actual outcome that you desired when when that was uh, being looked at to being implemented. Um, It's it's politics as normal, if you will. It's important that we look at, at, at great quotes such as like from Calvin Coolidge, who said, you know, it's better. It's more important to remove bad legislation than to enact good legislation. We take the Milton Friedman quote, where it's more important to look at, at the actual effects of the the laws that are being implemented rather than looking at the intentions. If we looked at that, if we looked at our entire society, we looked at the, the 30,000 laws at the federal level, if we look at the, the 50,000 laws, the 60,000 laws, or however many at your state and local levels. If we look at all those and we look at the the intentions, they're all going to be great. We have no problem with them. But if you look at the actual outcomes of these, right, the war on drugs. You can say that the intentions are good, but the outcome has been that families have been destroyed, that more lives have been destroyed because of the criminal justice system, because of the process of trying to fight against these drugs, than the drugs themselves. And so it's important that we look at the outcome of these laws. We look at the way that things are actually structured and the ways that they're, they're being affected, and we fight against those. And that we work together, we unite, and we fight against those. So I I did speak about the idea that we need to reform our our immigration system. Our immigration system has been broken for years. It's treated as a lottery years for decades, centuries. I mean, since it was implemented. So for the first hundred years, our, our nation was an open border nation. We didn't have any controls. The Constitution didn't delegate any authority to the federal government. And so there was no power there. So one day they decided that they were going to give themselves these authorities and they were going to build up this nation and they were going to have all these borders and they were going to have an immigration policy and everything else. And I mean, even, even as recent as Ellis Island, when you looked at that, people came across on, on a boat and they were like, yeah, I just came on a boat, just came on a boat. I'm just trying to come to a free land. And they're like, cool. You got any sickness? Nah. All right. Hop on in, get in there. We need you. And, and somewhere that changed. And so now what we have is we have an immigration system that doesn't give a shit about the American people and it doesn't give a shit about the immigrants. So when we look at the immigration system, when it takes 20, 30 years for some people to even be get viewed at, when it takes thousands of dollars each year, just to keep applying, just hoping that you're going to get looked at when it takes, um, when it, when it, incentivizes from certain nations over other nations, rather than actually looking at what you can value as yourself, right? There's another issue, right? When we, when we have an immigration system that can, you know, slam doors in the faces of people that are in, in need of coming here and that are able to do what it is that they need to do in order to survive and provide for their, their families and their communities around them. It's not exactly a good, uh, it's not a good policy. It's not a good, it's not a good system. So we have a lot of of issues there. And so just coming out there and, and just saying, look, there's going to be a path to citizenship. If it is in any way, if it is in any way using our immigration system now, it is merely a virtue signal. It is merely a, hey, guys, look, I gave you this opportunity. It's like shackling somebody in the jail cell of a boat, sinking the boat and then saying, yeah, but uh, I opened the hatch. I opened a hatch. Some of you can find a way to break out. Some of you will be able to break free. But not for all of you, so imagine imagine having that for a worldview. Imagine being one of those people that came here because you fled another country because there's no economic opportunity because you 're fleeing from those from the nation of criminals where your government wants to kill you, much like ours potentially may, depending on your your political views or what you say. But imagine having that and coming to this nation, um bringing a child and having that child go. Well, hopefully, hopefully you'll be able to make it. Hopefully you'll be able to make it. It's We should be working better. We should be helping out by enabling people to come to this nation and to be able to provide for themselves. This doesn't need to be a welfare thing. This is commonly one of the big... Big uh, arguments against this is that we have to we have to tear down the the welfare system in order to, to make this work. And and I'm I'm entirely in favor of moving societal issues to the society rather than trying to allow for the government to do this. But having this structure, having this. The, the system that we have, we can open up immigration. We can allow for immigration to come in and we can allow for people to protect themselves. We can allow for, for law enforcement to actually protect people from actual victim, victim crimes rather than victimless. We can have them be working towards providing safety for our community rather than working for a revenue. And we can have a safer society that is going to thrive, that is going to have innovation, that is going to have growth. And we can do this through a good, robust immigration policy that is Check yourself at the door come on in let let me know you 're here. go to work, do what you want to do, but don 't hurt others don 't take their stuff, and if you do you 're probably going you're you 're going to suffer the consequences. We can do this this is a this is a possibility but so we got a lot of work to be done and and i'm i'm genuinely excited to see. Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen pushing through. Um, I'm excited to see their, their successes this year. There's going to be a plenty. So, uh, grab your notebooks and keep those handy. Uh, record them down and share them with your friends and family. Um, we need to spread the message. We need to, we need to make sure that we're fighting against the duopoly. This is, this is just simply, um, unacceptable. It's unconscionable that we have the society that we have, that the government that we have is still in power because we continue to let our friends vote for the duopoly. So left wing, white ring, it's all the same bird. Let's get, let's get to the end of this. And this means a real change for real people. And that means spike and spike and uh, Joe Jorgensen coming up 2020, November 3rd. Make sure you guys are getting out to vote for that. Um, but with that, I, I just wanted to keep it nice and short and sweet. I hope you guys are all having a fantastic day. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed your weekend and I will catch you guys. I'll catch you guys again here soon. Um, but until then, Enjoy your weekend, enjoy your time, take care of each other, be good, be well, and uh, let's end this duopoly together. Y'all take care.